Welcome into Inside the Den, your look inside Lee's McRae Athletics. Inside the Den is produced for the sole purpose of keeping Bobcat fans in the know and can be found on our website, lmcbobcats.com, or on SoundCloud. Just search Lee's McRae Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tim Hall. Welcome to this special recruiting episode of Inside the Den. We're going to kick things off with our first guest, and that is the men lacrosse coach at Lee's McRae College, Brad Dunn. Brad, thanks for being on Inside the Den today. Coach, thanks for having me. I'm very excited and honored to uh, participate in this podcast today. Well, good. So a little bit of a backdrop on you, Brad. Uh, you are a former graduate, well, you are a graduate, uh, a former player uh, of the lacrosse team at Lees McRae. You graduated in 2006. You got really strong family ties to the community in Banner Elk. And you're now back. You have your third season here in this spring that got cut short. And we'll kind of touch on uh, what that was like uh, later on in the talk. But uh, we're you and I and all us coaches, man, we're in the thick of it as far as recruiting goes. And you have had a stellar recruiting season man how are you doing it how are you pulling it off and what are what are you most excited about with this class you have coming in for next year yeah it's, uh, that's great questions I've been I've been very very fortunate um, to uh, to be able to to find a lot of very talented young men who share like passions with me um, I think that's kind of been my biggest thing. As you hit on, I'm a graduate of Lee's McRae. My family lives in Banner Elk, um, two small business owners. So the passion that I have for this school and this community, I try to radiate every single mm-hmm. time I have the privilege of bringing a young man to campus. Obviously, you know, we do a lot of vetting leading up to that. You know, we watch film, we see him live, we talk to their high school coaches. We do all we you know check all the boxes, but mm-hmm. we really like to to try to bring our top young men to our campus so that they can really feel and experience my passion and the players' passion for the for the school, for the game, you know, and for the area as, as a whole. Well, I like that you said that that way because I mean, you you really embody Bobcat pride and. Uh, and and how important that is when we're talking to young kids and their families about what it means to come to Lee's McRae, to be here, to compete, not just as an athlete, but to be a part of our campus and our community. And you, you've lived it all your life. And I think that's, uh, that's I'm sure, I know, it's helping you sort of sell yourself, sell your program. And, man, you have signed 13 people already for next year. Um, what are you most excited about in that, in that group that you have so far? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit larger class than, um, we will typically, (laughs) I I don't plan on, on getting, you know, 13, 15 to 18 every single year. I like to try to keep my roster at a a very manageable number, um, in the, you know, in the thirties. Um, but considering, you know, I only have, um, I have 13 returning players, uh, fortunate enough to have one of my seniors coming back um, because of the, the COVID pandi- uh, pan- pandemic. Um, so I have 14 returning players. Um, mm-hmm. You know, men's lacrosse, you put 10 on a field at a time, but, you know, to really excel at the game, you need to be able to constantly sub, a lot like hockey. 
um, is constant line changes and throwing fresh bodies out there. Um, so being able to to get a roster of uh, around 30 to 35 players is, is absolutely pivotal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went hard after it this year. We brought in a, a larger class. Um, but the beauty of that is every single one of these players that are coming in are coming in with a purpose. Um, and they know that, you know, that's something that coach cloud and I try to make sure we, we share with every single recruit. Um, when, when they sign with us to say, hey, you know, this is our expectation of you. This is where we need you. This is what we expect you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and they're fired up about it. They know, they know that they are going to be contributors for all four years. Uh, again, going back to my, my time here at Lee's McRae, I had the opportunity to walk in as a freshman and compete for a starting spot. I just feel I owe that to the next generation, mm-hmm. an opportunity to, to come to my school and compete to play for my team. You know, not my team as a coach, but my team as an alumni. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I want these guys to, to know that they have that opportunity. So, um, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited about all, of them, honestly. Uh, have a lot of uh, a lot of young men that can do a lot of different things for me. Um, a lot of a lot of young men who can do multiple things. You know, whether they're a face off uh, face off player and an offensive midi. Um, whether they're you know they could play close defense and maybe you know take some short stick D midi runs for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we look for you know kind of those pocket knife sort of kids, sort yeah. of do it all. Well, you bring up a good point. This is something that I myself, when I'm going through the recruiting process and I get the question of, what are you looking for? You know, what are you looking for in uh, a top cyclist or a recruit to be on our team? And there's certain characteristics, you know, that you obviously you're looking for um, athletes with ability or talent and skill and all of that. But then there's those intangibles. And so maybe speak to that a little bit. You're talking about the kind of people you want to have on the team that embody the spirit of everything that is men lacrosse at Lee's McRae. What are some of those uh, characteristics and, and um, uh, intangibles that you think is necessary for you and your team to, to, to grow and to be successful? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's going to sound cliche, uh, but I really think we are a family first program. Um, and I mean, my guys should know that when they're on my roster, they might as well be my sons. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I care about them that much. They might not be blood, but they are my boys. Um, you know, I, I go as far as making them, if they go home for a weekend or go home for a break, they have to text me when they get home. So I know they made it safe. Yeah. You know, that's something my mom did to me growing up. And it's something I make these guys do because I care about them that much. And frankly, their, their parents are trusting me with their safety. So mm-hmm. who am I not to, you know, not to have that, uh, have that care for them. Um, but it's also a care for each other. Um, you know, I think we, we really try to push, not push, but, you know, I want them to, to get to know each other on more than just a player to player level. I want them to be, ideally best friends you know Mm -hmm. that's that's what i had when i was a player here i you know some of my best friends are the guys that i you know blood sweat and tears up here in banner elk um and and that's something that has resonated with me and i i made an impact on my college experience yeah so it's 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 a way i try to pass that along um so they have to be bought into these are my boys 
You know, these are the guys that I am going to, you know, run through a brick wall for. You know, I don't want them to do it for me as a coach. I want them to do it for each other as as teammates and yeah. as brothers. Um, so that's that's really big, and it's something that again, when we bring young men to campus on official visits before they sign, my guys they understand what we are trying to build here and how we're trying to do it. So they do a really good job of, of engaging recruits when they're on campus and, and, you know, giving them that experience of, Hey, this is, this is who we are. This is what we're trying to do. And this is how we do it. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's not for everybody and we know that, but you know, we've, we've been, we've been very fortunate that, you know, the guys that we like as lacrosse players like us as a, as a family. You know, and you know the benefit, the the really the byproduct benefit of that is relationships, and you build really strong relationships that last a lifetime. Because you and I know we're we're older men, former college athletes. We look back, man. I can't tell you a whole lot about wins and losses, but I can tell you about you about my teammates. You know, absolutely. And I, absolutely. those those if you ask me what I miss, I don't miss playing. I miss my teammates, <laughs> yes, and absolutely. you're you're nothing without your teammates. So I think you bring up a, a great point. Uh, okay, so uh, last thing I want to talk about is you had the unique experience of uh, as being one of the coaches that did have your season cut short, and you had it cut short in a really interesting, unique way. Uh, uh, and everything began for us coaches and our students here at Lee's McRae began to really uh, change at a rapid rate during spring break you know while we were all away uh traveling or competing somewhere but you and your team you were here in banner elk and of course none of us knew what was about to happen and and just how far things were going to go but um, maybe speak on what that was like for you as a coach to to go through that with your team unknowingly playing your last game you got seniors on your squad uh, and, and, oh gosh, and we're talking about family and relationships and enduring yeah. that together. Maybe can you touch on what that's been like for you as a coach to experience and go through? Yeah, it was a, um, it was a very, very strange situation. Um, you know, being like you said, we were on campus. Uh, we were preparing for, um, our, our Mount Olive game, actually a conference game, which we were supposed to play the Saturday at the end of spring break. So the guys were back on campus. We were running our spring break practices, um, which are unique in itself in that, you know, we get to practice a couple times a day. We're eating lunch together, um, you know, because facilities are closed. So we're around each other a lot more over spring break, which is something I love. Mm -hmm. I love, you know, waking the guys up in the morning, having breakfast ready for them, the, hitting the field, and, you know, lunch together and, you know, giving them some video game time before we have it night practice and then go out to dinner together or something. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it, again, builds that family. Um, but being that I was on campus, um, as things were were slowly progressing, um, obviously, you know, here in North Carolina, it kind of started in the Raleigh area, which is where we were going to stay for our Mount Olive game. Um, so we were looking ahead like, oh, my goodness, you know, what if it grows down there? We won't be able to stay in the hotel. And then it went to, you know, just blew up to we're not going to play the game and then we're not going to play our season. Um, so, it, like you said, it happened so rapidly. Um and, you know, I, I, being that I was on campus, I was kind of staying ahead of it, speaking with uh, 
Coach McPhail, our athletic director, pretty much three times a day, uh, sort of tracking the progress of it. And um, when he and I both kind of felt like this is a situation where um, we weren't going to be able to play the game, not even the season, but we weren't going to be able to play that game. Um, I went into our last practice and I said, you know, if this is going to be the last time that we're going to be on the field together, I just want to play lacrosse, um, you know, forget running drills, yeah. forget, you know, yelling and screaming and sprints and everything. Like, let's just play the game we love. Um, so we went into that last practice. Um, and then I got, we got all got word from the conference, um, that, you know, the, the season would be suspended and then you know, ultimately canceled. We were actually sitting at a team dinner, um, and, you know, kind of broke the news to him there. And, um, you know, welled up about it. Yeah. And, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of hugs and, um, you know, to the credit of my players, you know, I think every single one of them gave their seniors a hug because they knew how much this was going to impact. Like I said, you know, we, nobody would have seen this coming. Um, thankful that we, you know, we were able to, to get a win (laughs) ahead of it, you know? So we, you know, they usually say there's only one team that ends their season with a win. Well, (laughs) you know, we were fortunate enough to do it this year. Right. Um, and it was a great win. It was, you know, it was a true team win. Um, and I really think we had kind of, kind of turned the page and we'd sort of figure ourselves out and who we are and how we could, how we could take on the rest of the season. Um, and then, you know, it, it got, it got cut short. Um, but you know, the fact that we were together, um, I, I think it made it a lot easier. Mm, uh, I, yeah. I couldn't imagine, you know, having to, having to call the guys or, um, you know, put in your group chat or something crazy like that and then not, not be able to be there and, and, and console them and have them console me, Yeah, you know? Um, cause you know, we, we as coaches, you know, we love to coach yep. and we love to be on the field, right? Yeah, that's and, not that's not been part of the of the discussion yet, has it? As just the impact on us coaches, uh, and what we're also coping with because you you know I know you're like me, you know we love to watch our athletes compete, and then absolutely. and then to get to work with them after they win or lose, and that's the joy, and to have that taken away and. We understand it, but doesn't make it any easier at all. And uh, yeah. well, that's that's a that's a wonderful story, and 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 I'm I'm glad that you all were together. And I I can speak from my perspective being on campus. Your team does have that camaraderie that that, that you want and need to have. And win or lose, man, win or lose, because it all really does come down to to family and relationships and. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm excited for you in the, in the coming year and the, yeah, Hey man, you can build on a, a, a final victory, uh, for, for 2021. There you go. That's the goal. All right. Well, Brad, thanks for sharing everything with us and thanks for being on inside the den. Thank you, coach. Next up, we have women soccer coach, Callie Morrill. Callie. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Tim. Well, you are going into next fall. You're going into your second season here at Lees McRae. You came in last fall, and we'll talk about that later on uh, in this segment about what that was like coming in as the school year had already begun. But we're going to talk about recruiting today, and so far you're having a good run 
Uh, you've signed nine athletes thus far. I'm sure you've probably got more in the pipeline. Share a little bit about what's going on with the women's soccer team and, and the people you have coming in, how excited you are about that. Absolutely. I think we, we want to add, obviously, good players and talented and, and good charismatic players. But um, most importantly, we want we want the right ones. So we have we have nine girls coming in, and, and actually we have a tenth to commit, not official yet, waiting on the paperwork this week to fully come in. So we're excited about ten additions to our program, possibly even more. Um, I think for us, the girls, you know, both the returners and the incoming players know that there's a new challenge ahead, and and all ten commits right now with our our program for the fall, they know the challenge is ahead, and and it's exciting to them, and and for the returners as well, it's not grim. There's no um, uh, sad outlooks on the season. It's all excitement, you know, because we've come to a consensus. And I really believe this. This is what gives me hope. And what gave me hope this past fall, after the fall, is that we we did underachieve. Um, you know, were we a top five team? Absolutely not in, in the conference last year. But, you know, uh, in comparison to where we landed and how we finished the season, I think there were – we, we struggled with a lot of things, you know, and, and it wasn't the type and, and the quality of player. Uh, we need to tune that up as well, but really on the mental side. And we dove into that heavily in the spring. and We were really pleased with where the girls were going before our hiatus. Well, you know, I mean, trending, you know, what, what, how is the, how is any team and program trending? That's the most important thing and having that momentum, being able to build upon it, your background, you know, you came uh, from another school where you had a lot of success. You won conference championships. You went to the NCAA tournament. You know what it takes and building that culture of, of success. So let me touch on that then. You know, you mentioned the mental side of things. You you came in last fall and you saw the challenge ahead, had a tough season, and here we are with this opportunity. Um, yeah, what is it going to take? Mm going to take our returners understanding that that's not where they were and, and who they are at the end of the fall um it's, it's where they were going in the spring it's it's a lot more belief we need a lot more belief in ourselves individually and and collectively as a team um we uh we're we're heading the right way and still even even as we're apart i mean we're meeting weekly bi-weekly and the conversations are great the attitudes are great the commitment level to the team even far away is great so feeling good heading into the summer that they're going to kind of carry those things on in their own way well as you're you know going through the recruiting process and you're working with the current athletes you that are going to be returning you know what are what are some characteristics that you look for for your for your team specifically and what you want to achieve on the field what what do you look for in recruits Absolutely um I think first and foremost I mean when you're watching a uh, high school club game or college showcase obviously we're looking for different attributes out of different positions but mainly I think collectively traits that you can look for in girls that we want to look for is work right okay so defensively on the defensive end of the ball how quickly are they to recover help win a ball back you know and on the attacking side of the game how how are these players moving to find gaps and pockets of space so basically this is their movement and work rate when they're off the ball not really when they're on the ball but more so how are they finding those pockets of space to get on the ball um 
also it's kind of under work rate. I think aggressiveness, you know, I think that's something we, we lacked collectively as a unit, both physically and mentally. So we're really looking at this. It's so important on the women's side of the game in soccer. So physically, I mean, the, the aggressiveness, how, how are they getting up for 50, 50 balls in the air? How do they use their body and their physical characteristics on both ends of the ball in the attack and defensively? And then mentally, this is where I really look for players that we currently have in our program. And then obviously players that we're recruiting, how do they think and they believe that, that they can get to a ball? So for instance, if a defender is trying to go up and win a ball in the back line, an opposing defender, what does our forward think? Does she think, is she being aggressive mentally thinking she may miss it? So she's kind of running past that defender, hoping, you know, she can get in behind the back line or is she backing off? Um, we want aggressive players, both physically and mentally, with our program. Boy, those are all good ones. And so I think, you know, this, the last topic I want to touch on, and I think we could go for a few minutes on this one, is is that mental side of things. You know, you touched on that, and you talked about how you emphasize with the current team. Maybe take us back a little bit back when you you came in last fall. Classes had already begun. And, you know, you're surveying things of what it is you need to work on. And, you know, now you've identified that that mental side that is going to be crucial to your your future success. I mean, me as a coach, you know, that is something we emphasize and discuss a lot basically every day on the cycling team. But you know what? You you got to combine that with self-motivation, you know, being self-motivated to do the things you need to do to be successful. But take us back to the fall and and how you have utilized uh, these months and going into the summer and coming into next fall about the mental side of things and just how important it is for uh, your team there with the women. Absolutely. You know, as a new coach and, and not really knowing the players, I didn't really know or have proof of kind of where they were in their mental state with the transition of coaches and, and, and the timeline of, of coming into the team. So, you know, optimistically, I felt in my mind, all right, we're just ready to go and compete and try to win games and, and work together. And, you know, looking back on it after the season, you, we weren't that ready, you know, and, and, and in hindsight, you know, you always look back as a coach and, you know, hopefully as a player, you look back after games or seasons and, you know, I, we probably would have done things and, and could have done things a little differently, spent some more time communicating early on and, and, and listening. And unfortunately that's just the nature of the beast. You get in, the girls were already starting classes and we're already in our first couple weeks of season and it's, it's go time. Uh, there's, there's not much rest and, and, and time besides preparing for the next. So, um, you know, in the spring, we actually brought in a, a speaker. She works with a lot of Division One and Division Two women's female teams, and that was a huge help. To um, it was a two-part session, so about you know four to five-hour sessions with our girls, and it was fantastic for the team building and just getting to listen to each other and and just kind of open up, which would have helped us tremendously had we had it at the very start and had time at the start of the year. To, to dive into some of these things that we dove into as a team. So that was a big breakthrough for us at the start of the spring. Mm. Well, and, you know, and that's definitely, that's, that's time and um, well spent 
it's a great investment. You know, it's one of the things we emphasize with our team a lot is, you know, we compete on the weekends and really the most important time is, uh, what, what are you doing Monday through Friday, uh, in your preparedness, but what you think is, you know, going to play such a huge role and then how you perform, what do you feel like are some of the top things that you pulled from those sessions that, you know, your team is going to be able to take and utilize for the coming season? I think empathy, empathy towards teammates, empathy um, for coaching staffs, uh, just n- knowing that people are feeling and going through a lot of things and it's taking the time to not really to understand, but to to empathize. And you never really know what people are going through or how they're feeling, just taking some time and, and some space to really appreciate that. Um, and being vulnerable. I think that's a huge thing, Tim, uh, that we talked about that in the season a lot is like, we have to be willing one for ourselves to be vulnerable in order to grow and, and to a coach, to a teammate. And that's a hard thing to do. You know, that, that takes time. It takes trust. It takes experiences. Um, so we've talked about vulnerability a lot, you know, in the fall and the spring. Well, that. I agree with you. And, you know, boy, you have to, you have to be really honest, (laughs) you know, to be vulnerable, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest with your teammates. And then, like you said, then you have to just, yeah, if you can be vulnerable, honest, and empathetic, then boy, you can build some really strong relationships through that. Absolutely. Well, I like what you're doing. It sounds exciting. You've got a big class coming in and I'm looking forward to seeing what you all can accomplish next fall. So appreciate you sharing, uh, uh, sharing your story and your success there with the women's soccer team. I appreciate it coach and appreciate what what you're doing for the department and athletics in a whole and, and the students. This is a great, this is a great tool for us to utilize. Oh, I, I, well, thank you for that. And I, I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Next up, I have men's soccer coach Shane Calvert on the line talking to me today. He's down in Georgia riding out the situation. We're going to talk recruiting. Shane, how are you doing today? Doing well, Tim. Thanks for having me. Well, appreciate you joining me. Uh, Shane is going into his uh, second season for the coming fall here coming up, and, you know, Competed last fall in his first year here at Lee's McRae. Had a season of a, a three wins, six losses, and one tie. And, of course, I know, Shane, that you're looking to, to build upon that and help get the program back to uh, that high level of success that it's accustomed to. Um, and everything for us coaches boils down to recruiting. And whether you're having a good year or a mediocre year, it doesn't matter. Boy, everything revolves around that. And I wanted to talk with you because, you know, I've been informed about your success recruiting-wise. And, you know, you've got thus far, you've signed six people. And I wanted to learn more about, you know, what you're excited about with the class you have coming in. And I'm sure you're still working on this, some things we can't talk about per, per rules. But we can talk about who you have signed. So maybe share with uh, the, the listeners about, men's soccer and and what you're excited about coming up for the next season 
we're first of all we're we're extremely excited about the class we've signed um you know we have you're correct that we've signed six officially um we've got another four that are committed that are signing this week um and then additionally have a couple more we think are going to pull the trigger next year or next week i apologize um, so we're really excited. You know, I think that uh, my assistant coaches, Taylor Morton and Ferris Seraphim, have done a great job. Uh, those guys, yeah, there's no way one person can do this. And, and both of those guys have been so instrumental in what we've been able to accomplish as a program so far. Um, you know, some of the guys that we've been able to sign early on, the, the very first person we had jump on board and, and commit was very special. Uh, it was a young man who I actually coached at Darlington. And, you know, as this being my first head coaching job, you know, you always remember all your first, and, um, <laughs> you know, you, you remember your first win, you remember your first, your first practice, you remember, you know, your first recruit and things like that. And there's a young man named Nate Phillips out of Nashville, Tennessee. That is hey, a, that's my hometown, a, man. <laughs> he's, he's a fantastic player. Um, he's a fantastic player, comes from a fantastic family. And um, I, to be able to coach him over the last couple of years and then, you know, him to be able to commit and come to our program and see the vision and, and, and what we have and the future of what we're wanting to do and wanting to be a, a big part of that. Um, we were really excited to get him on board. Um, after that, the, the dominoes kind of started to fall. You yeah. know, we, we picked up another kid out of Nashville, uh, Andrew Gallette, who actually um, is a teammate of Nate's um, in Nashville. He's a, he's a winger, can play pretty much all over the field. He's, he's extremely athletic. You know, with Division Two soccer, players are actually allowed to come and practice with the team when they're visiting. And uh, on his visit, our players kept saying, we can't tell that he's not already on the team. <laughs> he, he fits it in the locker room. Yeah. He fits in as a player. And we knew at that moment we really wanted to, wanted to get him as a part of it. Um, the next guy that we got on board, we, we lost two center backs last year. and something that we really wanted to focus on in our recruiting class. Nate, the first young man I talked about, he's a center back and defensive mid. Um, and then we also picked up a young man named Eric Oderly uh, from Sweden. He's a six foot six center back, plays Ooh. in the second division, which is a very high division for a youth person to play in in Sweden. And um, you know we're we're extremely excited about adding him and adding that height and adding a bit of that athleticism to the pack. From there, things have kind of continued to go. We've got a, a goalkeeper coming in, a pretty local goalkeeper out of North Carolina named Jesse Pope. Jesse is a absolute athlete. He is the type of, of young man that I, I think that if you stuck a lacrosse stick in his hand, he could go score goals. If you mm. put a basketball in his hand, he could probably go dunk it. Mm -hmm. um, just, a, just a good athlete. I mean, and, and all around does a great job. So, We've got, like I said, we've got several others that are that are committed right now um, that we're waiting on their paperwork, so really can't speak right. to those publicly yet. But, you know, all in all, I think we're going to bring in a class of 12 to 13 this year. Nice. You know, and you bring up a kind of a good point. It sounds like these young men that are coming in are going to bring a lot of energy to the table, which, you know, when you have a season – like you had last year, I know wasn't to your liking, but boy, when you can bring in a, uh, some athletic people into the mix right away who can push the current team that's already coming back, uh, and, and it just makes everyone else realize, wait a second, I, I, I don't have a job, you know, I'm, and nothing's guaranteed. How do you see these people coming in and, uh, and, you know, 
you're going to have them for four years and just raising that level of competitiveness. How do you see that sort of playing out for yourself? I think it's going to be a tremendous asset. I actually left one young man off just trying to make sure I, I stay in the NCAA rules and don't mention somebody who hasn't officially signed yet. But yeah. uh, there's one other young man um, named Kevon Wabunga. He is a winger from Kenya. Um, so another athlete coming in that's going to do a, you know a great job for us, can play up top, play in the midfield. But, you know, we told our guys when the season ended, we told our returners that, you know, this first year with, with the situation of me getting a job just a couple of days before they came in, I can remember training sessions where I had to stop and ask players their names when we mm. were in preseason. Yeah. So the good news is, is that now we know all the faces, we know all the names. You know, um, last year's team, they, they worked hard. It was a group of great young men, uh, young men and, you know, really going to miss those guys who have left the program, those seniors who graduated. But I do think that now we're starting to get in the players that fit the style of what we want to do. Mm -hmm. And we, we put those guys on those. We put our current guys on those and we've got some tremendous talent returning. You know, when you look at a, a kind of a projected depth chart, we've got, you know, there's, there's seniors, juniors, sophomores, or freshmen all over the place on the board. Mm -hmm. So, and those guys have really started to step it up. You know, we, we actually brought in a young man mid year. So still part of this recruiting class, I guess you could say, um, because he did come, we signed him in November and he came on to school in January, uh, named Dominique Gonzalez and Dominique's a former DA player out of Orlando. And, you know, it's going to do some great things for us. And he has a chance to come in and make an instant impact. But I think that's where our guys want to be. You know, mm -hmm. our guys want a more professional environment to where, Nothing is given and everything is earned, and I think that's what's going to make us better on a daily basis. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, it, it, they have to earn those spots, and I think when you've got that, you raise that level of competitiveness. It's going to just make everyone better. Uh, and you touched on something I'm curious about. Maybe this would be a good opportunity to share a little bit about the style of play. You know, uh, w what style? How would you describe that for those out there listening? Uh, uh, how would you describe, yeah, what, what's your aim and what are your athletes, what are they giving you, and what is it you're trying to instill in them? From a style of play, when you just look at soccer, X's and O's, we're really trying to be a possession-oriented team that, that does a good job getting forward. You know, possession-wise, we did a really good job last year and actually taking shots. I mean, in our games, I think every game but three, we outshot our opponent. We just struggled to finish. Mm. A lot of teams want to just possess. They watch Barcelona play and, you know, they knock around five, 600 passes in a game, but we want to possess with a purpose. We want to possess so that we can get forward and, you know, put pressure on other teams. You know, we've, we've upgraded from a athleticism and size standpoint, which I think will be more beneficial for us going forward, just creating matchup problems, you know, and at the end of the day, we want to be blue collar. You know, we want to be the type of team that, that, you know, you look at your schedule and you see us on your schedule and, you're dreading that game because you know it's going to be a hard fall yep. physical game for 90 minutes, no matter what the score is. And I think that's the mentality we've got to we've got to have. You know, it was, it was really tough last year to change a whole lot. You know, when the when the team was already, you know, I was the outsider. You right. know, now now my staff and I are no longer the outsiders. You know, we're we're the leaders of the group. So um, really looking forward to seeing how this group meshes and. You know, some of the other young men that we have coming in that haven't signed yet are, are absolute game changers as well. Um, so we're, we're excited. So Well, I love that, uh, that statement, possession with purpose. 
And I think that's going to take you a long way right there, that mentality and that, that fierce competitiveness. So that's exciting to hear. Okay, so one last thing I wanted to touch on is, um, you know, what are you, what's the one thing maybe you're emphasizing with the current team you have? You know, you and I and all the rest of us coaches, we're doing everything we can virtually to, to communicate and connect with our current team and uh, help them get through these final few weeks of the semester. And then we've got the summer. What are, what are you instilling in them uh, uh, to, to keep that proper mindset and, uh, and to, to look ahead for next year? We talk a lot about preparedness. The most important thing right now is hope. Yeah. You know, every it seems like every time I'm being asked a question from one of my, my players, I'm having to give them the answer of, I think, I don't know, or I hope. And yeah. I think the strongest one of those three is I hope. Yep. You know, we, we are all hoping that life returns to normal as soon as possible. And I think, you know, when you look at a roster with players like ours, where we've got kids from all over the globe, um, you know, I think that hope and when we meet each week, ver- you know, via Zoom and, and talk about things, it's just about it's about hope. It's about can't wait to see each other, you know, <laughs> looking forward to, to August, yep. um, you know, and 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 just being a being a positive light, you know, getting outside, you know, when you can and, and seeing the sun and picking up the phone and calling family members and friends and checking on them and just giving everybody hope. I mean, hope's very contagious. We just got to start spreading it more. That's great advice. I, I agree with you. And, uh, man, I, I, you know, I think you're going in the right direction. And it sounds to me like, uh, I, you're giving them the right tool to come back in August at team camp, which I'm, I'm pumped about. I cannot wait for team camp in August and I'm sure you're the same. Uh, but yeah, Shane really appreciate you sharing, um, your, your insight and, and your stories about your team and recruiting and, uh, looking forward to the fall. Thanks, Tim, and go Bobcats. To listen to this episode again or to find previous episodes, go to our website, lmcbombcats.com, or find us on SoundCloud by searching Lees McRae Athletics. And as always, go Bobcats.